1: This is the Read to Lead podcast, episode 399.
0: I found myself going to lots and lots of networking events, and I felt like it was just spray and pray. Just go to the event, meet as many people as possible, put my business card out there, and then go back to my office and hope. And I don't think hope is a strategy.
1: If you want to take your networking to another level, then consider applying the rules of personal dating to cultivate valuable business relationships like never before. Or so says today's guest, Honore Corder. Hi, I'm Jeff Brown, and this is the Read to Lead podcast, the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. If you're not reading, you're not growing. This podcast is designed to help you do more of both. Each week, we welcome a new author where we dive deeply into one of their books and their unique insights on a number of different topics like leadership, productivity, business, marketing, sales, entrepreneurship, etc. The focus today is on networking. We'll sit down with, as I said, Honoré Quarter author of Business Dating, Applying Relationship Rules in Business for Ultimate Success. I'll ask Honore about the keys to a long and successful networking career, the five stages of any relationship that you need to understand, some of the more common questions she gets from clients when it comes to expanding their relationships and networks intentionally, and much more. If you'd like help with expanding your wallet or pocketbook, spending less money for the things you and your family need, then I encourage you to check out Scriptco.com. They're our sponsor. And they're the first online pharmacy that gives you the power of wholesale medicine and home delivery. With Scriptco, you're taking away the power of insurance companies to determine how much you're going to pay for the medicines you need. Because Scriptco essentially cuts out the middleman, they put the power in your hands. They shop around for the absolute lowest price anywhere on the medicine you need without the insurance price hike. And then they send the best deal right to your door. And with a Scriptco membership, you can save big with access to wholesale prices on your generic medications. Now, to see how much you could be saving, check out their free savings calculator at Scriptco.com. That's S C R I P T C O.com. And because you listen to Read to Lead, you can save even more. For a limited time, you can get $25 off your initial membership when you use the code READ25. That's R-E-A-D-2-5. I hope you'll check them out. Scriptco.com. S-C-R-I-P-T-C-O.com. Honore Corder is a 53-time author with over 4 million books sold, and she's created 14 six- and seven-figure income streams, all from her books, Knowledge, and Expertise. Her titles include You Must Write a Book, Vision to Reality, Business Dating, the one we're digging into today, and Tall Order. She's the founder of Indie Author University, and she's helped dozens of professionals become authors and dramatically increase their incomes. She's also Hal Elrod's business partner, former guest on the show, and co-creator of the Miracle Morning book series. Now, again, we're digging in specifically today to the book called Business Dating, Applying Relationship Rules in Business for ultimate success. I'm thrilled to have her here. Thank you, Karen Anderson, for making the introduction. Honoré, welcome officially to the Read to Lead podcast.
0: I am so delighted to have discovered you, this podcast, and our mutual love of reading. And I also give a shout out to Karen Anderson for making the introduction. Yay. So happy to be here. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm literally so excited to be here. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting right, for this moment in time. Thank you for having me.
1: Well, it's probably long overdue. As I mentioned, Honoré's written fifty plus books. I'm kind of ashamed that I've not had her on before now, but I'm, I'm making it right today. So here we go. Let's uh, let's dive into this uh, topic by starting out, Honoré, with you describing exactly what is this thing called business dating. I, I have an idea, but you tell me what you, you think have, it is.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, you have an idea. Well, business dating is my personal philosophy for developing lifelong, mutually beneficial win-win relationships. Professionally, but then professional can lead to a great personal relationship as well. Even if it starts as a professional relationship, you can become friends with people that you do business with. And this business dating is my answer to how to network effectively and efficiently and very well so that everyone feels great.
1: I've certainly been on the uh, the wrong end of that, and been also guilty of being ah, on the wrong end of that myself. Sure. So what what do you consider then being some of the the keys to a long and successful networking career? Like how do we how do we do it and do it do it well?
0: Well, we take the principles from personal dating, right? So when you meet someone that you like, you think, oh, you know, you're kind of cute. I think I want to hang out with you a little <laughs> bit. So you expect <laughs> to invest time to get to know them. If you want to have a long-term relationship, there is an expectation you'll spend some time together. There is an expectation you're going to put some caring or emotion into it. And then if you've had any relationships at all up to this point, you know that there's an element of patience involved, right? In the process, you have to be patient. And another uh, side of that is, you know, forgiving, right? You you Mm. accept people as they are, Right? So you just have patience with who they are and and you love all aspects of who they are. Um, and so when we're applying that to business, then we just add money to that equation, mm. which in and of itself can be a highly charged conversation, and we could go down the rabbit <laughs> hole, adding money to the conversation. But in personal relationships, it's generally putting in the time, the effort, the emotion, and having patience. and then also, Um, In business, then there's the element of working together. So either I engage with you and I pay you or you engage with me and you pay me or both. And then there's another option, which is we may not pay each other, but we might put money in each other's wallets through referrals, recommendations, endorsements and those sorts of things.
1: And you know Karen is a great example of that. We mentioned Karen introducing us and 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 that brought us together for coffee and then that's led yeah. to this interview and who knows what that might might lead that's to right. down the road. We
0: don't know what all the goodness is that <laughs> could happen.
1: Well, there's this chapter you wrote in the book called The Art of of Business Dating yeah. and and you unpack the stages of of relationships. I'm wondering if you can hit some of the highlights.
0: Yeah. So so I talk about something called the trust bridge. I think when we are meeting someone, so you and I connected through a mutual friend. So we got to move through some of these stages fairly quickly. Mm. Generally speaking, when you meet someone, you shake their hand or fist bump or elbow, right? It's 2021. 20, <laughs> um, you say, it's nice to meet you. And on the on the underside of that is, I don't know you, I don't like you, and I don't trust you. That's our basic setting. I want to know you, like you, and trust you. We're just not there yet. So we, it's nice to meet you. I'm so happy I've met you. And let's see what happens. And we start to move through these stages of, I'm getting to know you. I think I like you. And the farther along the bridge you go, it's like, whoa, you know what? You've shown up. You've kept your word. You've been a nice person and so now I think I trust you. And then finally, I trust you. Mm. And on the other side of the trust bridge are all the it's like the the rainbow, right? It's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's the I know you, I like you, I trust you, and I give you access to everything. Mm. When you're building a relationship with someone, this beautiful, long term win win, mutually beneficial relationship that I speak of when you're doing business with your friends, then it's not asking a favor, it's not, can I be on your podcast? It's, hey, I want to have you on my podcast. And then for me, it's, who are all the writers and authors and readers that I know that should be on your podcast? And it's a text message. Mm. Hey, Jeff, would you like to have this person on your podcast? Hey, honore, I know you know so-and-so. Would you ask him to be on my podcast? Just as a general, you know, just using this particular moment in time as an example, you don't have to ask your friends to do favors for you because when it's a friend, it's not a favor. It's a pleasure right and also then your friends are looking for opportunities to do things for you hey you released a new book how about i buy a hundred copies and give them away (laughs) how about i host your book launch party how about i make a cake with your book on the cover right like a friend is Mm. saying hey your birthday's in two weeks i'm going to take you to lunch so when we apply these things to business and when i had had all of my years of experience being around people and just watching and observing how business gets done, the old saying comes to mind it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm-hmm. And having great relationships with people and building relationships with people. Because you can, not necessarily because you want something, <laughs> right? I'm not, I, didn't, I didn't meet you for coffee because I wanted to be on your podcast. <laughs> I met you for coffee because we have a mutual thing that we both do every day, right? Mm. We have this mutual thing in common. We have a, a place to come together and something, some foundation to grow from.
1: Now, I, I know you're not a fan of, of spending too much time on, on the negative, uh, as you say in your book, but you do take yes. some time to talk about uh, understanding what not- to do. Can you hit some of that?
0: Sure. So let's talk about personal dating just for a second. When you go on a first date with someone, <laughs> you're not going to ask them to like, you know, get out of there. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> let's get out of here. Right? <laughs> right. Unless you're, unless you're wanting it to be a more transactional relationship. So some people asked too soon, in my opinion, I've just met you. Who do you know who? Right. Mm. Hey, you have a, it's nice to meet you, Jeff. Can I be on your podcast? You would have been like, "Um, no. And then you wouldn't have said anything to me because you're much too nice and we're in the South, right? So you would have called Karen and been like, what were you thinking? She's terrible. I don't like her at all. Mm. So expecting instant gratification and asking too soon are two of the elements. Not keeping your word. So not doing something that you say you're going to do and not following up. I have a Mm. part of the philosophy that's about touches Not touching. Mm. That's a different podcast, right? Touches, like reaching out, (laughs) reaching out to check in on someone. Again, we're going to go back to friends and personal relationships. When you care about somebody, you're just calling them up to go, Hey, how are you? What are you doing? Mm. How's your book selling? Who's your guest on your podcast (laughs) this week? What can I do to help you? What do you need next most? What problem can I solve for you? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Hal is great at asking that question, right? What, do, what can I do to be of service to you? Is there anything I can do for you?
1: You, you remind me of a, of a situation uh, related to my show, and I'd love to get your your take on this, your feedback. And uh, the end of the story, I'll share the end of the story. The end of the story is I wrote an email in response that I never sent. I'm looking at that email right now. Okay. This is This is someone who began offering to make introductions to people uh, that I might want to have on my show. And the first time they did that, I did what I just did for Karen a moment ago, as I mentioned the person who made the introduction and how appreciative I was for that. This person would later go on to introduce me to another person I would have on the show. And I didn't happen to do that the second time. And they sent an email to me Oh, no, they didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, making mention of the fact that I didn't mention them the second time I had somebody on my show that they had introduced me to and nor was were they mentioned in my show notes. And, you know, could I change that? Could I update that? And he, he even went on to say that, you know, if you would if you would do that, if you would take that step, Jeff, he said, you know, I would I would actually be much more likely to then go share the episode with my network. He was making doing that a condition ah. of me putting his his name in the show notes, and you know I, I I told him in my email that I felt that he he turned what could have been a natural helpful introduction in, into cold uh, calculated transactions. I mentioned him as a gesture of goodwill but the expectation that I would include a mention of him Correct. didn't sit well with me. Right. Um, that I felt like he provided me a service that I didn't seek out and was now sending me an invoice. Would would, would you would yes. you say that's accurate on my part or am I am I taking that too far?
0: I think I I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Also, he needs a copy of my book,
1: so I will send
0: him one anonymously in brown paper with no return address. No, um, I think people don't, I think they don't know, and we are taught, in, especially in some professions, in some microcosms of professions, I don't want to throw any companies under the bus specifically, but I'm thinking of one in my mind right now. And they are very transactional. Go into every conversation asking for the sale, ask for the introduction, yeah. get the leads, right? Do do that, do that, do that. And I think if someone doesn't know to temper that, then they can come across as aggressive or assertive in an uncomfortable way. Right. Now it feels like a transaction instead of we're building a relationship. Right. And that feels yucky for you. I, I like your response. I might add something... Um, Or I might say something a little different, like, I'll I'll consider that. I'll I'll consider that. Thank you for, you know, thank you for pointing that out to me. Mm -hmm. And I'll consider that. Mm -hmm. And then that's it. That's I did. I considered it. I'm not telling you that you just kind of ruined our relationship with one email. Like, way to go. (laughs) Way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, buddy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right? Um, Right but also, you know, that does not work for me, right? Like that, that's one of my favorite sentences too, is that those are my six favorite words. That does not work for me. And it's like, no, no is a complete sentence and requires no explanation. Like I, you know, I truly appreciate the introductions, loved having the guests on. It was not an oversight, nor, nor was it done on purpose. Right. I just didn't happen to mention you. And It is what it is. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I'll take that under advisement and then just be done with it. Um, I can put people in categories. They never know. I put them in based on their behavior. Mm.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, that's uh, an email that I wrote that is still sitting in my draft folder a year later. I never sent it. And probably not surprisingly, uh, I've not ever heard from that person since not responding to their yeah. request, to, they've never introduced me to anybody else. And that's fine.
0: You didn't pay your invoice. And so he moved on right. to something or someone else. And yeah. thankfully, right. Aren't we, are we so glad when people that <laughs> yeah. don't strike us the right way go to another zip code? Mm-hmm. I sure am.
1: Well, I, I spent far more time on the negative than I than I thought I would. So I apologize for that because of you, because I know you don't like to talk about the negative. Not at all.
0: I think sometimes it, responding effectively to something is also positive.
1: Yeah, true, right? true, Like yeah.
0: saying, like figuring out how do I respond to this negative input? Because you put yourself in a podcast chair, on a stage, as an author, you're, you're somebody – You're going to get one five-star review and one one one-star review on the same day. And my question is always, what books did you read? (laughs) Who read which book? But understanding how that it's going back to The Four Agreements, which is a lovely book. It's rarely about you, right? It's just, Mm. yeah. So how do you respond to it? Are you Teflon or are you going to take it in and and let it sit with you? And what's the lesson? What's the lesson for you? What's the lesson for that guy?
1: Well, let's switch gears. And what then has your experience, Honoree, shown you with regard to what we definitely should do if we want every relationship to be the long lasting and mutually beneficial connection that it could be?
0: Yeah, so I love to start with give first, right? The law of increase says we are giving and then we are receiving. And to give first at every opportunity as much as you possibly can. And then there's that aforementioned don't expect something in return. I think that sometimes where you put things out is not where they come back. My uh, one of my mentors used to say, you know, when you're plowing the front 20, the back 80 pops up. (laughs) Right. In other words, karma is what you put out comes back to you multiplied. Mm. Right. And not always where I give is where I get. I just know that I'm always getting. So my job is to always be giving, planting seeds, seeing how I can help other people and paying attention to how they receive those offers of help. And are they gracious and grateful or do they just show back up with an empty hat and go, great, fill it up, (laughs) (laughs) fill it up partner. Um, I think adding in that caring emotion. So we talked about putting emotion into personal relationships, caring about the people that you're doing business with and carrying it below the surface Level, how how are you? No, how are you? How are you really? Right? How what's going on with you? What's really going on with you? What was happening twenty minutes before we started our conversation? What was happening last night or yesterday? What woke you up early this morning? That takes time to get to where someone feels like they are comfortable enough to open kimono, right, <laughs> and say what's really going on. Right. Everyone is has something at any given time that's on their mind that they're thinking about that they're strategizing around they're stressing about and adding your element of caring is really important another aspect is being intentional and purposeful and taking time to think about your connections and make valuable introductions Mm. i have been thinking who are the other people who I think would be a great guest for you as a podcast host. I know all podcast hosts are looking for great guests always. Mm. Even if you have a, a lot in the queue, right? A, lo- a lot in the bank. Mm. It's, it's, if, even if I aired these next 26 episodes, I still have, I don't, I'm not quitting my podcast. I have more episodes taking a minute to think about your most valuable connections and. Looking through your Rolodex to get to date myself or open your iPhone contact list, everybody, and just look through and say, who can I make an introduction to that would be valuable? Mm. And then I'm going to go double check and make sure that person's never been a guest on your podcast before. Just do a little due diligence.
1: Well, let's get into some of the tactics you teach with regard to networking. You hinted at some of these, but but talk a bit about your your 12 by 12 system and, and the various phases of the system, if you
0: would. Yeah, I love I love the 12 by 12. It was something I made for me mm. in my early in my business and executive coaching career, which was a long time ago <laughs> in a land far away. <laughs> I found myself being introverted. Surprise, I'm an introvert. Mm. And going to lots and lots of networking events. And I felt like It was just spray and pray. Just go to the event, meet as many people as possible, put my business card out there and then go home and or back to my office and hope. And I don't think hope is a strategy. So I started to get as a strategist, as someone who thinks strategically, I started to pay attention to where business was transacting between people and also noticing where my business was coming from. And I noticed a couple of key patterns that were showing up. I happen to notice patterns too. And so I would notice that professionals who served certain types of businesses or entities or persons would have professionals in common. So I'll use professions that we all know about, right? We're entrepreneurs. A lot of people listening might be entrepreneurs, but if you have a traditional profession, let's say you're a business attorney, you serve businesses, small businesses, medium-sized businesses, or mega businesses. And each one of those businesses has other service providers that are providing services to you. So you probably have an accounting firm, you might have a PR and marketing firm, an insurance firm, you've got your business banking account, so your business banker, and the list goes on. Well, at the center of that is that are those companies, and they all Mm -hmm. rely on these service providers. So as a business coach, I would say to my business attorneys, who are the service providers of your best clients? You need to know those folks. Mm. You need to intentionally get to know, you know, the guy over at at Chase Manhattan who is serving 15 of your best clients. (laughs) Go get to know that guy because if you have 15 clients in common, then you probably have 100 possible clients in common. So I developed the 12 by 12 as a way to direct people to finding intentionally and purposefully the right professionals that they could network with and exchange leads and referrals. Mm-hmm. Because we're here because of a referral, right? Mm-hmm. Most people find books to read because someone mm-hmm. refers a book to them to read, right? Our, our world is based on do this, work with this guy, or avoid that one at all costs. <laughs> Don't go there.
1: What are some of the more common questions you get from those in your coaching practice? Like when it comes to expanding their relationships and networks intentionally, I'm sure you answer a lot of the same questions again and again. What What do some of the more popular ones tend to be?
0: Sure. So my business a- attorney clients would say, well, you know, how do I find bankers? How do I find the bankers? And I would say, well, you would ask your best clients who their bankers are. You could go on LinkedIn and find bankers in your area. You can go to Chamber of Commerce Mixers and find bankers. Or alternatively, you can identify banks and then identify bankers. And then you know who you want to know. I would say, oh, I want to be a podcast guest. I need to identify podcasts I should be on. Oh, I want to be on the Read to Lead podcast. There's Jeff Brown, how do I get to Jeff Brown? You just reverse engineer it in a way. Um, And then how do I connect with them? And this has been one of my favorite things to teach ever because most people don't use this approach. And when I share it with them, they have a light bulb aha moment. So if I called you and I said, Jeff, I work with a lot of authors and they all, I, I encourage them to all get on podcasts. And I know you have authors on your podcast. Could I get to know you a little better to see what types of authors you would want to have on your podcast so that when I have the right author, I could make an introduction? Is that okay? Mm. Said another way, I'm a business attorney and from time to time, my clients need business banking accounts and I want to refer them to someone that I know, like, and trust so that they can know, like, and trust them. Can I get to know you and get to know about your banking business so that I can refer the right business to you? Nowhere in there was it about me. I'm coming from the place of giving. So are you going to take a meeting with me if I say, hey, Jeff, I want to give you a present. I want to put money in your pocket. You're going to go, yeah, how's tomorrow? <laughs> I'll skip spin class and come and meet with you. But if I call you up and I say, hey, I want to be on your podcast and I want to get all of my authors that I work with on your podcast, hmm. click, right? right, Dear honore. Oh, no, you didn't. Love, Jeff. <laughs> right?
1: You know, it's it's interesting you bring that up. Some of my favorite uh, publicists are those who recognize that I don't send Jeff a pitch for every author I represent. I, I recognize which ones make the most sense and I just pitch those. I think in the eight years plus I've been doing this, I've only ever had one publicist reach out and and, and first introduce themselves in an email and just do that and not pitch anybody. That's happened one time. Every other publicist I ever hear from is if they introduce themselves at all, are are taking a sentence to do that. And then in the next sentence, pitching me on something sort of that, Hey, we just met, let me put my tongue in your mouth, (laughs) you know, kind of, kind of transaction. And I think more publicists could benefit from realizing that, you know, you could do yourself and and not to pick on publicists, but this is just something that's, um, you know, uh, near to me. You do yourself a lot of favors by just introducing yourself and asking, how can I help? And just do that in the single email and do the other in the second meeting, which is what I want to talk to you about next. What, what are some of the ins and outs then, as you call it, the second meeting?
0: Sure. Um, so keep it simple. Keep it simple and keep in mind that you're only on your second date. So we're not doing the tongue in the mouth either, unless we mutually agree upon that on the second date. So I still think you're hot, right? I still, like like my husband now, like I still thought he was like, hey, this guy has some potential, but I wasn't like, hey, buddy, let's get out of here. Although, you know, he's a dude, right? So he's like, that would have been fine. I don't know what your problem is, but, right? Keep Just keep it simple. Keep it light. Yeah. Get to know them. Ask a lot of questions. I like to say, you know, I already know about me. I just want to know about you. And someone's like, well, I have questions for you. I've been talking the whole time. I'm like, that's the idea. I showed up already knowing everything about me. Mm. Thank you for asking. But I have a few more questions. Yeah. Ask all of the questions because what I'm mining for is not gold. What I'm mining for is a, is a place to put gold. I'm looking for you to reveal something to me which would allow me to give something to you. So just keep it simple and keep asking questions and share a little bit professionally and a little bit personally. So you can ask, do you have kids? Do you ha- Are you a dog person? Right. It's, it's well known that I like chocolate. I drink coffee. I have a chocolate lab. I have two cats. I mean, it, it doesn't take long for someone to open up if you ask the questions. And also, we, we've established what you do for money. What do you do for fun? How do you mm-hmm. spend your free time? Right. And just doing that. And then I like to avoid the hot button issues. And when I wrote this book, it's been a few years since I wrote this book. I have a section in there about avoiding hot button topics like religion and politics. Mm. And here we are six years later. I'm going to double down (laughs) on that. (laughs) Please avoid, <laughs> please avoid hot and bus- button issues like religion and politics, unless you know someone is in alignment with you, unless you already have that predisposition, or unless you can can sit and listen to someone who is diametrically opposed to you and mm-hmm you know, not want to hide their body. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like you, you don't want to like remove them from the planet. Mm. Right. It's like, can you have a civil conversation and listen to someone else's point of view without getting so worked up and emotional that it causes you stress and anxiety.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's much less likely to happen these days. We need, we do need more of that, but I hear what you're saying with regard to try to avoiding those conversations at the onset in the early going, especially until you get to know someone a little bit better. And the two of you can have those kinds of conversations where you're on the sides of the aisle, but still respect one another. Well, it was books that, that brought us together. As you mentioned, uh, uh Karen Anderson, our yes. mutual friend, uh, and her love of books and all that she does in that, in that space. I want to ask you a bit, Honore, about your uh, book journey, your uh, book reading journey more specifically. Give me some insight as, as to how books have, have impacted you and your life over the years and, and, and your love of reading.
0: Gosh, yes. So my love of reading started with learning to read early and being a voracious reader. I've read all, you know, Nancy Drew, right, just started right <laughs> out of the gate, just reading all the, all the fun books that we were assigned to read and then just kept reading found uh, solace in books, found wisdom in books, uh, passed time in books, met characters that are not real that I think about and, and love from books. And then growing up, recognizing that if I couldn't do something, I could read, and chances are there was a book that I could find that would educate me on a process that someone had discovered, figured out, distilled down and put in a book that I could borrow or buy and read and learn from and get all of their wisdom for free or a few bucks really ultimately, right? Mm. Books are so cheap compared to the wisdom and knowledge that are contained within them. And so have not ever gone backwards in my love of reading. And as a matter of fact, it just continues to grow and grow and grow as I read and read and read more and more.
1: That is so cool to hear. I I wish my journey was similar. I I started off similarly uh, as you, but then went away from reading school, educated out of me a desire to read because I spent so much time reading or having to read things I didn't want to read. But I started with Hardy Boys. I remember my mom introducing me to to them. But then it wasn't until my late 20s or early 30s before I had this epiphany, this sort of revelatory response to, oh, wait, well, wait a minute, I have a problem I, I need to solve and a book can solve it for me. I was much, much older than you when I realized yes. that, that that was the case. Well, let's talk about some of those kinds of books, specifically when you think about books like that, that have taught you something, sure. that have opened your eyes to, to new ideas. What are some of your favorites or maybe some that you go back to?
0: Two of my favorites are Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz, mm. and I actually bonded with a banker. Um, I got an audience with a guy here in Nashville who is almost impossible to get in front of, and he I was asking him his story, and he said, oh, well, I was this young kid screwing around, blowing my chance, and somebody gave me a copy of Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, and I said, that's one of my favorite books, and it was like I turned on a Christmas tree. <laughs> Poof! Right. All of a sudden it was like, oh, he said, I've never even met anybody who's read that book. And it was just a wonderful bonding experience. Love that book. Love all three versions of the book, which I can dive into that Mm -hmm. if you want. Um, I have read it over and over again. So there's the original version by Maxwell Maltz and then Dan Kennedy bought it and recorded it and added his own stuff to it. And then a guy named Matt Fury bought it from Dan Kennedy and redid it and added his own stories to it. I have all the versions because, you know, book nerd alert. Right, <laughs> I have all of them and listen to all of them uh, several times, several, several times. Um, another one is the precursor to uh, Think and Grow Rich, which is Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. So I think mm-hmm. I think my intuition tells me that Think and Grow Rich was the. The quick and dirty, the faster version of Law of Success, because I think he wrote Law of Success, and it's really long. Mm. And I think he figured out that even in the early 1900s, attention spans were short, and he needed to distill down some of the knowledge and just focus right on the money piece of it, a little bit on the mindset mindset piece, but some on the money piece. And that's mm. what has made the book very successful. But Law of Success is actually a volume that I read in its entirety once a year. It's on my Oh it's a new year it's time to revisit these principles and make sure that I'm checking all those boxes mm. and doing doing the things.
1: So so insightful and I need to I need to check that book out I've read Think and Go Rich but not Law of Success and I want to give Honore credit. Um I had uh, for several months uh, on audio on Audible the book Green Lights from Matthew McConaughey but it wasn't until my coffee with her that she mm. said, "Oh, You need to get after that right now. And I started listening to it on my way home from our meeting and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm not all the way through it yet, but absolutely loving it. And you're exactly right. Uh, It's fantastic. And again, I I told you this, I don't know if listeners know this, but I tried to actually get Matthew on the show when the book came out that didn't work out, but maybe, maybe we'll have him on at some point in the future. And I can, I can point to you as the person bringing us together.
0: Yes, please tell Matthew about me. That would be fantastic. Yes. What's
1: What's What's ahead for you and your team? That's That's got you excited. That you're able to share with us.
0: Um, I am working on fiction. I'm writing fiction, and so it, next year will be the release of of fiction, um, good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I love to I love to write. And I'm having a good time writing it. So that's that's what I'm uh, looking forward to. I have some authors I'm working with to bring their books to life. Uh, next year. And um, that is a great pleasure to me to not only read, but also to be the person who is a catalyst for future books to be read. Makes Mm -hmm. me very happy.
1: Well, Honore's book that we talked about today, again, is called Business Dating, Applying Relationship Rules and Business for Ultimate Success. A lot of books from her. You can check her out online. We'll link to her personal website in the show notes. Honoré, thank you so much again for coming on the show and sharing with us your wisdom today. I really appreciate it. It's
0: been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Jeff.
1: On the show notes page for today's episode, I've linked to the books that Honoré recommended as well as her website and ways you can connect with her online. All that can be found at readtoleadpodcast.com slash 399 for episode 399. Hey, will you do me a favor? And next week, make sure you come back and share with as many people as you can our 400th episode. Not that you shouldn't be sharing this one as well. I'd love for you to do that. And so would Honoré. But next week is a milestone episode. Episode 400. Four years without missing a Tuesday come next week. An author who will be making her fourth appearance on the show, having written her fourth book. I'm sensing a bit of a theme. I don't know the significance of the number four but it's coming around in at least four different ways in next week's episode i hope you'll uh, you'll be here for that i'll reveal the guest then i've already teased it in the past but one of my favorite authors absolutely is our guest next week Hey, speaking of books, I hope you'll check out my book. If you haven't already, leadbook.com. You can download the introduction and first chapter of the book absolutely free if you want to sort of kick the tires uh, before diving in. But I think you'll love it. Read to Lead, the simple habit that expands your influence and boosts your career. Again, that's readtoleadbook.com. That does it for this week. I look forward to seeing you next time for episode 400. Until then, as always, remember, leaders read and readers lead.